any means necessary on Radio Sputnik in Washington, D.C. I'm your host, Sean Blackman, here with Jackie Lukeman. And as always, we are your guide for connecting the political, social, and economic movements shaping the world around us. And today we're talking about new leak documents showing how uh, Israel lobby groups work to scuttle Jeremy Corbyn and the progressive side of UK labor. And we're happy to be joined for this conversation today by Asa Winstonley, investigative journalist and associate editor with the Electronic Intifada. Asa, thanks so much for joining us. Great to be with you again. Absolutely. And Asa, there's a collection of uh, leaked labor documents that have uh, been exposed showing how uh, the Israel lobby worked to scuttle uh, not only Jeremy Corbyn, a uh, leader of the progressive wing of the UK Labour Party, but also uh, sort of that wing of the party itself, seemingly. And this was exposed in an episode of an Al Jazeera documentary series entitled The Labor Files. This is a new uh, three-part series that the platform's investigative unit um, has been uh, working on and publishing here. These are the same folks that did um, the Lobby documentary and the Lobby USA, which I believe was actually uh, censored from the outset. And Al Jazeera is calling this, quote, the largest leak of documents in British political history. So, Asa, what was contained uh, uh, within these documents and what does it show about the reality? of how these elements work to undermine the progressive side of UK labour? Well, it shows a lot of different things. It's still coming out, like it's still being released as a three-part series, and part three is hopefully coming out sometime today. Yeah, they, as, as you said, they're describing it as the largest leak in British political history, and they've said on their website that this is a leak they've obtained of 500 gigabytes worth of Labour Party files of documents, video, audio, uh, and other computer files, presumably, in which, you know, from from internal Labour Party sources, it looks like it's from the Labour Party's disciplinary unit. That's what it, it seems to be focused on. Um, so it's concerned with, you know, expelling members, suspending members um, for, you know, in large part for anti-Semitism smears, which were targeted against Jeremy Corbyn. Um, and what we've seen so far is... Um, First of all, we saw how the Labour Party works internally, how it works against its own left wing, how it works to kind of purge left wing members like Jeremy Corbyn and try and his supporters trying to expel them. And it works with kind of uh, this this particular right wing, you could call him a right wing fixer, really, a, a thug, really, named Luke Stanger, um, who he's he's a the pro-Israel activist and a labor, a right-wing labor activist, um, and um, it just showed, you know, despite all, uh, credible allegations against him of um, harassment and really abuse targeting left-wingers, 
you know, he, despite all of that, he's been protected by the Labour Party, by powerful people within the Labour Party. You know, he's been suspended because of his abuse of Labour Party members, left-wing Labour Party members. And the highest disciplinary body in the Labour Party did make a ruling that he should be expelled because of his behaviour, because of uh, harassment and even uh, allegedly death threats against family members of um, left-wing pro-Palestinian members. And Stanger is nonetheless been protected by uh, right-wing Labour MP Peter Kyle, by Luke Akehurst. Luke Akehurst is an influential Labour right-wing activist um, who is also a pro-Israel lobbyist. And, um, you know, the, the documents they obtained showed that Stanger, Luke's, this activist Luke Stanger, he was protected by Luke Akehurst by... Luke Akers actually wrote the original, the metadata proves that Luke Akers wrote the metadata protecting this guy. Uh, sorry, wrote the document. The metadata proves that uh, Luke Akers wrote this document, which was um, written in Luke Stanger's name, but was looks like the original version of it was actually written by this pro-Israel lobbyist. So, you know, there's a lot of um, shady stuff essentially going on, and these files expose that. Um, there's there's another in the second episode of the documentary. There was an uh, an even more um, outrageous um, revelation showing in, in we see in the documentary a whistleblower, a former member of Labour Party disciplinary staff, and it's quite harrowing to see her distress because she breaks down in tears, recalling um, how abusive the actual Labour Party disciplinary staff was you know it was um, they were really targeting left-wing activists pro Jeremy Corbyn activists uh, to, to kind of find um, evidence of anti-semitism and the um, one of the search terms they used to find this alleged anti-semitism was Palestine so you can see the real agenda at play here Absolutely. And I feel like um, a lot of people have been um, raising just this issue even before uh, all of these documents came out. So this whole issue about just this attack from Corbyn mm. in that wing of labor from inside the party. And could you explain from the standpoint of British politics, why that campaign had to take place? Why was this uh, there this attack on the, you know, uh, progressive and namely sort of a pro-Palestinian wing of uh, uh, the party? And uh, I think also when we look at the rise of Keir Starmer, uh, that's definitely a factor as well. It's just, you know, I'm just for, our, you know, U.S. based audience. What did this really mean for politics mm. in uh, the U.K.? Yeah, well, a large part of it was just down to the fact that Jeremy Corbyn was a Palestine solidarity activist. You know, he has history inside the Palestine solidarity movement. And that was the reason for why he was smeared as an anti-Semite. But uh, in generally, why he was, um, because you know, because that, that, he was smeared as an anti-Semite because that is what is always used falsely to attack Palestine solidarity activists in general. So that was a useful political weapon. But he was also, you know, he was also on the left. He is on the left of the Labour Party. He's still a Labour Party member, although he's no longer a Labour MP. Um, and because he was the leader of the opposition for um, 
for five years, for the best part of five years, he had a chance of becoming the prime minister. And his policies were not radical, actually. If you looked at his policies, they were actually moderate social democrat policies that even, you know, if you go back to the 1970s, even conservative governments would have had similar policies to what Jeremy Corbyn was um, uh, proposing to carry out. Um, and it's, you know, so he was, he, he, although he wasn't a radical, he, he was perceived as a threat to the British establishment because the British establishment sees the Labour Party as very much part of itself, that the idea is to kind of um, let out steam, I suppose, from the system, demands for change, by switching between the Labour Party and the Conservative Party, which is which have some differences, but essentially um, both are, especially since the Tony Blair era of the Labour Party, both parties um, are part of the same neoliberal economic and political order, and they have essentially not quite the same, but very, very similar policies um, in much the same way as the Republicans and Democrats in the United States. So because although Corbyn was was a moderate social democrat and not a radical, the, um, despite that, the fact that he was proposing a break with this neoliberal consensus um, was considered to be a threat by the British political establishment. Um, and um, the Israel lobby was is very much part of that political establishment, you know, part of the same sort of global imperialist world order. So, you know, he was the, the fact that he was considering a break with that and a change, the direction of travel was just too threatening for them. So he had to be overthrown. Yeah. And, you know, when you describe Corbyn's program, it kind of reminds me of, you know, uh, the Bernie Sanders phenomenon here in the United States. And indeed, a lot of people have um, compared the two, although, you know, as I'm sure you're aware, pro-Palestine politics are basically verboten in a U.S. mainstream politics. But um, even still, his program also uh, was not that radical. Matter of fact, in, you know, places like UK and the Europe, it, it would seem uh, very basic. It's just in hearing that from the UK side, just makes me think about how, you know, right wing uh, politics has gotten in the West to where, you know, these uh, uh, basic programs are sort of, you know, portrayed like they're these uh, grand, you know, revolutionary manifestos or something for, for whatever positive thing they may have. So I think that's noteworthy. And, you know, something that continues to strike me, Asa, is just how nasty um, the right wing of uh, UK labor can be when it comes uh, uh, to this whole issue. And I mean, you recently also published a piece in Electronic Intifada. Um, I believe also this was exposed in the labor files about how, you know, label officials actually laughed at uh, the death of one of their members that was accused of anti-Semitism. Right. So, so what happened there? Yeah, I mean, I think that's exactly right. I mean, it, that struck me too. They, you know, the the labour writers are just the most despicable people. Like, it is really disgusting the depths that they'll sink to. They they won't. They'll stop at nothing basically to to keep the status quo in place. Um, and yes, this was something also exposed in the labour files obtained by Al Jazeera. This massive leak of labour party documents, and we see in this film this the, this what I was referring to earlier. This whistleblower, a former member of Labour Party staff in the disciplinary unit, and she relates and 
part of the reason she was crying was because she related um, an occasion where they were, um, it had been a Labour Party member, pro-Palestinian Labour Party member from the left, had been expelled from the party um, over an allegation of anti-Semitism, as happened to so many people, um, uh, including, you know, disproportionately Jewish leftists. Um, in the in this case, the women, the as it was described, it was an elderly woman who'd been expelled, and uh, she actually died of a she had a stroke and she passed away shortly after the learning of her expulsion. Now, after this happened. There was a staff meeting called about this exp- about the the death and the expulsion. It seems, um, and um, the whistleblower recalls that the senior member of Labour Party staff actually said, and learning about this death, oh look, we're anti-Semite killers now. And then apparently, what happened was the whole room just burst out in laughter. So they're laughing at the death of one of their own members and that they'd the idea that they'd caused it. And it, it's really harrowing to see like the, the, the whistleblower, the woman Halima Khan, who recalls this, then just she says that she she broke down in tears, that she'd broke down at the time because it was just something that she didn't know how to handle and just the, the sheer brutality of these people uh, in being willing to really do anything to hang on to what vestiges of political power they have. Yeah, and you mentioned earlier these uh, reactionary uh, operatives like uh, Luke Stanger, and these are the people that uh, the Israel lobbyists protected while uh, basically purging the party's left wing. And another way, another uh, example of this that was exposed in these documents was, you know, the protection of uh, one Ella Rose, who I believe actually talked about wanting to like physically attack uh, one of the uh, progressives in the party. Do I have that right? What's going on? There. Yeah, essentially, yeah, that's right. Um, so, yeah, Ella Rose was the well. First of all, she worked in the Israeli embassy. She was an officer in the Israeli embassy, and she was. This was back in uh, 2015, 2016, and she was recruited out in 2016 out of the Israeli embassy to work for the Jewish labor movement, which is ostensibly the just a representative of the Jewish community within the Labour Party. But in actual fact, a lot of its real purpose is to protect the state of Israel. Um, and in large part, they did that by um, accusing Jeremy Corbyn falsely of anti-Semitism. And so Ella Rose was then essentially, I suppose, recruited out of the Israeli embassy into the Jewish Labour movement. Um, and... As part, she was exposed in the in the Al Jazeera in the Al Jazeera documentary. The 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 previous one from 2017, the one you mentioned in the introduction, the lobby, and um, before that documentary, I it was actually myself who I wrote an article. I I learned that she were you know she as the Jewish Labour Movement director that she was somebody who was actually recruited out of the Israeli embassy and that hadn't been known. And I published an article about it in 2016. Um, And then she's filmed in this undercover Al Jazeera documentary talking about myself and others, Jackie Walker, a black Jewish anti-Zionist. And she was saying about Jackie Walker that she could take her, that she could, she could take her down if there was a fight, you know, 
Um, and so, you know, she she was then complained about after uh, left-wingers saw the Al Jazeera documentary and her saying that. Uh, but this new series now shows that um, th- she was com- protected by right-wingers who were in the disciplinary staff. Um, the Labour Party right-wingers just basically dismissed, essentially dismissed this complaint. I mean, it's what we suspected happened at the time, but um, it's it's very interesting to see it in, you know, the actual hard evidence for it. Yeah, and you know, what all of this really, I think, shows, um, Asa, is, I mean, just how crucial the support of Zionist Israel is in the politics of the UK and certainly of the US as well that uh, funds the uh, genocidal apartheid uh, regime to the tune of three and four billion dollars a year. And the flip side of that and why it's necessary to purge those um, uh, the left wing of the party and why it's uh, uh, necessary to attack uh, the pro-Palestinian movement in general is because it's sort of uh, a threat to that. To advance uh, the cause of Palestinian liberation is a threat to U.S. and British imperialism. And so as a movement people, I just feel like we should really bear that in mind and not lose sight of that when we see these kinds of attacks. And uh, I feel like a lot of the people who have been attacked and been purged from UK labor have uh, responded pretty bravely and have continued to speak out and be active. And I just feel like that kind of uh, uh, tenacity is something that we're going to have to reflect on and mirror as we continue in the struggle. Yeah, I think that's right. And I think that, um, you know, I've I've said it on Twitter before, uh, sort of half, leap, half flippantly, but um I do think it's true in a lot of ways, saying that Israel is the reason we can't have nice things. Like we couldn't even have a moderate social democratic prime minister in large part because of a smear campaign that was orchestrated by pro-Israel groups. Um, And, uh, you know, I think that in a lot of ways, the Zionist movement and the Israel lobby are kind of the spear tip of reaction. They're, They're a reactionary vanguard in our countries, which is, you know, incredibly counter-revolutionary and very useful for imperialist politicians. Absolutely. Well, we thank you so much, Asa, for joining us today. We're going to leave it there and move to a break here on By Any Means Necessary on Radio Sputnik in Washington, D.C. We'll be right back. So please stay with us. By Any Means Necessary. 